Welcome, welcome, welcome to a uh, long-awaited episode of AMB Sports Media, the bo- podcast. My name is AJ. And I am Bill. And uh, Bill, let's just jump right back into things. Like, we can oh, just take a break. Yeah. Been a while. We had a lot of turkey stuffed in us. It, it was a lot. But, oh. <laughs> excuse me, we're going to go way back to 1894, to the third Iron Bowl, where Alabama meets beats Mont- uh, Auburn 18-0. to uh, moving on from there, the let's we don't care about CFL. We're gonna go over here. Oh, this is a good one. Nineteen twenty-six. Tris Speaker resigns as manager of the Cleveland Indians while facing game-fixing allegations. And then nineteen thirty-four, the Chicago Bears beat Detroit nineteen to sixteen in the first NFL game that was broadcasted nationally. That's pretty lit. All right, let's jump right into the Flyers. We're going to go right through them real quick. They are doing well. Not going to say great, but they are doing better than 50%. Actually, no. Technically, they are 50% because they are 11, 10, and one overtime loss. So technically, 50-50. I'll take it, though. I mean, better than what I thought they know. Honestly, they're doing way better than we all thought. We all thought that we were going to be at the bottom of the division, sucking eggs, and, you know, not enjoying our time there they are third in the division right now unfortunately they just lost to our second in the division the hurricanes four to one yesterday but overall though they are playing well uh except for the against the rangers otherwise but and the hurricanes we beat the islanders which is huge um on the 25th in a shootout shockingly enough but we did lose to them on the 22nd. We beat the Golden Knights recently, who is, I think, top of the division. They are. Um, I think they're top of the league, actually. I think they're top of the league. Yeah, they're 14 and four. They're 14 and five. Avalanche, maybe 15. No, 15 and six, I guess, record wise. Bruins is 14 and four as well. So they may be top of the division. Yeah, Golden Knights. Technically, are... Rangers are 15 and four. So maybe Rangers then. Golden Knights are first with 32 points. Rangers are 30, uh, 31 points. And so are Boston. Uh, that's Cubs. why you're looking at the points. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we beat the number one team, Go Us, but we also lost to the worst team, uh, being the freaking Sharks. We knew it was going to happen. And then we bounce back with the 6-3 to three win against the Ducks. But overall, happy with how the Flyers are playing. They will be playing again tomorrow. Oh, damn it. I didn't buy tickets to this game. I wanted to. Who, who I, is I can wait until Death Flyer. The Devils. It's the one game I want to go to every year. Uh, any other shout time. out. Shout out, Gabe. Flyers at the Devils. I'm so devil. All right. I have to go to the last game of the season in April if I want to go watch that. If not, maybe I'll go to a Red Wings game, but that's just so I can make fun of other friends. Maybe the Bruins game. But overall, proud of the the Flyers. Definitely the Bruins game. Overall, proud of the Flyers. Would like to see them continuing pushing forward. Playoff contention's available. I'm not going to say they're going to take the whole thing, but. I'll take what they're doing right now. You never know. Scrappy teams in playoffs are kind of scary. Yeah, that's true. Playoff hockey is always the best, too. And hopefully it shows it. Uh, otherwise, the Sixers are fucking killing it. They are on right now only a two-game win streak. They had a rough earlier time with the Cavaliers and the Timberwolves during that NBA in-season tournament. But outside of that, they had a very close game against the Thunder on the 25th. But on Monday, 
as we're recording on Wednesday, the 27th of November, they absolutely shit stomped on the Los Angeles Lakers. It it's bad. Um, Freaking LeBron James only got 18 points that entire game. That ain't good. Whereas Embiid got 30. Uh, did he get technically? I needed to see the advanced. I think he got stats. a triple double. That's what I was trying to look at triple double. Uh, and then uh, I hate the stats here. I hate stats on Google. But Maxi did good with 31 points. Uh, Batum got 10. Beverly got 12. Morris Senior got six, 16. Paul Reed got six. Like Mo Bamba, love that name, got seven points. Like people like. Even people with only five minutes even got a point. Good for them. Um, Kenon Martin Jr. They they showed up. They scored consistently 30 points or more each quarter or period. Period? Quarter. I don't know. It's uh, quarters. Quarters? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I thought it was period. I don't know why. I know I'm thinking hockey, too. But they, they went, again, overall fantastic job by the Sixers. Hopefully they can keep this going, the streak running. They're going to be playing the Pelicans tonight, November 29th at 8 o'clock against, again, the New Orleans Pelicans, who are 9-9. and So hopefully this will be a uh, continuing shit stop. We shall see. Yep. Moving on from there, we actually were going to follow up with MLS with the Union. I have bad news, unfortunately. When it comes to the semifinals... Cincinnati took us out one to nothing, and that ends the Philadelphia Union's MLS playoffs run. It was a good run. It was a good run. I will be watching them more because this is now two years in a row they have gone playoff contention that I've been aware of. I have no idea anything before 2022. So if anything happened before then, I don't know. But I'm happy for them to even be in the playoffs. It just shows that they are a fantastic team. Overall, I am excited to see them again in 2024. Hopefully I'll be able to get to some games, Gabe, and be able to enjoy the the whole thing. Now, what's left of the MLS, just to wrap it up, you have Cincinnati versus, I think it's Cleveland. I always get this one wrong. This one is Columbus. I always get it wrong. Cincinnati versus Columbus, and then LA versus Houston. So we'll see how that goes. Houston's ranked four on the uh, West Coast, and LA is uh, yeah, LA is ranked three. Cincinnati's ranked one. Columbus is ranked three. I have a feeling we're going to see Cincinnati, and I think Houston. I don't think LA is going to take. It. Really, I was going to say uh, LA. Nah, I want Houston to take it. Screw LA. They get kicked out in the freaking conference final. <laughs> So Cincinnati versus Houston. I think Cincinnati takes it all, though. Look at Ohio having sports teams. Who would have thought? I know. Especially, you know, a secondary sports team that's also doing really good, but nobody probably cares because Joe Burrow's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, moving on to the other ending series that we will not be talking about for a while. Formula One. Formula One had its last race on this weekend. November 26th at 8 a.m. And Abu Dhabi was actually a very fun race to watch because there was some shit on the line for Aston Martin, uh, McLaren, Ferrari, and Mercedes. So I was, uh, what's it called? Talking about it last episode regarding Mercedes and Ferrari 
battling for second and third. McLaren and Aston Martin were battling for fourth and fifth. Just for those two real quick, McLaren did take fourth. And for the constructor standings, which is the, the teams, McLaren had 302 points. Aston Martin had 280. Shame uh, for Aston Martin, especially for, excuse me, uh, Fernando Alonso, who pretty much scored every single race. Meanwhile, Stroll did not do much. But it is what it is. I will. I was going to try to have some time to get points situated first, uh, but I I didn't have the time. So moving on from that part of it itself, the second and third place bout was wild because you had Charles Leclerc and George Russell going absolutely bananas while you had Hamilton and uh, what's his name? Carlos Sainz both trying to also get points. In the end, Mercedes comes out on top in second place with a grand total of 409, where in third place, Ferrari had a grand total of 406. So if Carlos Sainz was able to survive that race because he did not finish in 18th, then, and maybe he got, as long, if he got eighth, and Carlos Sainz stayed in, uh, or sorry, Car Charles Leclerc stayed in second, and Sainz got eighth, they would have won by one point. He needed P8 to win. Otherwise, as we all know, Red Bull has dominated this year and the year before. Max Verstappen is an unstoppable force. Um, Here's my predictions for next year, and they're going to be very quick. I think Red Bull is going to keep both Max and Sergio Perez. I'm, they're not getting rid of Max. We know that. Mm -hmm. um, Sergio can be traded I have or be let go, but I have a feeling he won't unless he wants to leave so he can race himself for himself, basically, and try to get first. But if he's cool with taking those P2s and just, you know, doing the best that he can and just getting that fat paycheck, all you. He's towards the later years of the racing career, so, but we see Fernando Alonso killing it right now, so who knows? It's going to be up to him. Um, I will say McLaren definitely, towards the end of this year, beat my expectations a shit ton. I can actually see them, if they race like they did the second half of this year, they will be battling for third, maybe second, easily, against Mercedes and Ferrari. McLaren is on its way up into the top three. I think it may happen next year, if not the following year. Um, Lando Norris has been doing well. Oscar Piastri, great rookie season. Um, he has to just continue on now into his next one, next thing, and keep going. Alphatari, get your shit together. I get rid of. I don't know about Yuki. Yuki is a very risky person. Danny Ricardo, same thing. He's still not fully there. What are you gonna do? Um, Haas, dead last. I got nothing to say. And then, uh, what is it? Aston Martin, figure your shit out with <clears throat> Lance Stroll. He's not doing a lot. Alonzo's still scoring for you in the top five normally. Figure it out. And that is all I'm going to talk about Formula One unless something wild happens. I'm probably not going to keep as much up to date now until the next season. So yeah. if anything happens, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to follow up with it as much. 
Um, hang on. What the hell is that? That is water with Mio, aka P. Why'd you choose that? Like color? Actually, it's lemonade. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, sharing my screen. Because this will help me. All right, we have this weekend UFC Fight Night. Vanelli Dariush versus Armin Terskan. I'm not even going to try to say that wrong. This one's actually in the USA. Saturday, oh. December 2nd, in the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. And on the side, we're going to see how much tickets cost. AJ, take a guess. This is a fight night. It's not a big UFC event. And Austin, to, uh, it's just a fight night? Just a fight night. And is it, what are we doing, nosebleeds? Um, Give me a guess for nosebleeds and lower level. Fuck floor. Floor is going to be too weird. Nosebleeds, I'm going to say 250. Okay. And then... This is going to be without fees, just because I don't feel like putting that. And then lower level, I want to say uh, 8. Okay. Okay. Good news. Nosebleeds. 150. I was close. Without fees. Yeah. Lower level. Especially these ones. 450. Oh. These are the tickets. So if I ever get to these YouTube videos, these are the <laughs> seats that you want. Right here. The 107, 119. Right in the middle. And then you want to buy right where this row is because you'll be just right above the thing. That's why it's 660, uh, $626. But anyway, I just wanted to show you prices. That may be That's a fun little tidbit to do from now on, just to guess the ticket prices. Anyway, yeah, moving especially on. Especially if it's like in Austin or something like that. Yeah. Here is all the prelims. Yeah, I don't know anyone. <laughs> I don't know anyone. Just moving on. Okay. Uh, main card. No idea who these guys are. So good luck to Serino and Stufo, Stoltfuzz. Stoltzfuzz? Stoltzfuzz? Stoltzfuzz. You're American. What is that last name, my boy? German. Anyway, Clay Guida. Love him to death. He's old as shit. Want him to win. Tough odds. Plus 230, 260. I'd still take him. Um, Joaquin Silva. No idea who he is. Probably an up-and-coming fighter. Quick look. 12 and 5. They're both coming off losses. I still think Clay. Clay is... This may be Clay's retirement fight. We'll see. We will see. Moving on to the ones that I care about. These four right here. Real quick, Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gatslam. This is Kelvin Gatslam's welterweight debut. He's been a middleweight for all these years. As you can see with Exhibit A, as I zoom in, and hopefully this works, it's not. I wanted to zoom in on that fucking body of pure fridge-like dimensions. Pure meatball. This is what me and you would look like if we were fighting. I'm just letting you know, like me and you fighting, we would have that exact same body type. Uh, I feel like I would have bigger pecs, but I get it. Yep. I'd probably have floppier ones. Anyway, <laughs> Sean Brady recently got his ass handed to him by, I think it was, yeah, Muhammad, um, Bilal Muhammad back, wow, over a year ago. So he hasn't fought in a year. Wow. Kelvin uh, just came off a win against Chris Curtis, which was a fantastic fight overall. Once again, Kelvin is currently 18 and 8. He has very war or very highlight reel fights. Him versus Israel Adesanya before he became champ was a fantastic fight. Him versus uh actually the guy he just fought, Chris Curtis. Fantastic boxing match overall. Kelvin is a good fighter. I hope this welterweight transition works out for him. 
Um, and if so, he can start moving back up to try to get the belt. My money is on Kelvin. He is plus 100. I think that's fair odds. Okay, bantamweight division. This is also another weight cl- uh, weight change thing. Davison Figueredo, the former uh, featherweight champion. This is the guy that fought Brandon Moreno four times. Won the first one, or technically, no, the first one was a draw. Second one was a win. Third one, Davison won. Fourth one um, went back to uh, Brandon Moreno. So after that, he decided to move up to a weight class. And that's where he is now. He is currently 21, 3, and 1, while he's also going to be fighting Rob Font, who is 27 and 0. This should be a good fight. Davison has a very aggressive fight style that I do like to watch. I don't know how Rob's going to handle that. Overall, I think Davison may have a chance. And honestly, the odds for plus 124, not too shabby. Um, Font is no slouch either. Uh, both have one by knockouts about 45 and 43 percent of the time um font to figueredo um figueredo does have more of a submission background they're not background submission option because he is a 38 percent chance of usually doing that but this may go to distance we may see that happen as well overall um I'm curious how this is going to go. Some good takedown defense. But overall, I would take Figueredo. I think he's ready to make a new step into the bantamweight division. I don't know how far he will get with some of the killers at the top, like O'Malley, Sterling, Jan. It's it's going to be a toughie. But we'll see how this goes. I have the right... Yeah, bantamweight. Okay, cool. Moving on. So, this lightweight bout. Bobby Green versus Jalen Turner. This... Wasn't supposed to happen. And no wonder why. I'm trying to click to open it up, but it's not working. So oh, this is. actually was... So without Jalen Turner, the fight was supposed to be Bobby Green versus Dan Hooker, which was the main event for this um, fight night, which honestly would have been a hell of a fight. Jalen Turner willingly stepped in on a very short, um, short notice to make this happen. Props and respect to Jalen Turner. And he Just is favored? A, he is favored. He is 13-7, and seven, 9 wins by knockout, 4 wins by sub, 10 first-round finishes. The funny thing is, he just lost via decision to Dan Hooker. Um, overall, though, that fight was super close. He has great striking. Overall, um, I don't know about his subs, uh, but he has 4 wins by sub, so it is a possibility. He can do takedowns. He's a threat, and Bobby Green, we know he loves to scrap. I I think this may be a tougher matchup than he than he realizes. He is a vet. He's 30, 31, 14, and 1. 11 wins by knockout, 9 by sub, 11 first-round finishes. Man is a killer. Great striking. 1,751 significant strikes landed. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> Not the greatest on takedowns, but his last win by submission was by Tony Ferguson. Um, He did knock out Dawson in 33 seconds, which is fucking wonderful. Overall, glad this is a co-main. Honestly, I would take Jalen in this one. However, if I was making a parlay or doing a round robin, I would do a round robin of the three underdogs here, Bobby, Davison, and Kelvin Gatzler. I think that would be a good setup. 
If you want to get jiggy with it, throw Clay Guida in there for another little bit higher of a parlay. But I don't know. Last but not least, the lightweight division bout, Benelli Darnouche versus Armin Tuskran. I don't know how to say his name. This is going to be a good fight. I'm actually very excited to see how this goes because uh, it's Benel, 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 whatever. Benelli Darnouche um, just came off a loss against the soon, I think soon to be title challenger, Charles Oliveira. Um, but he got outclassed. It did not look good for him at all. Um, so hopefully this fight, he turns it around. It kind of does the same thing that happened to Charles. Charles lost his fight, came back against Darnouche, showed, put, put, uh, did a clinical. This hopefully will be Darnouche's case. These both these guys are both grapplers. They both will grapple too. Armin is a very strong fighter. I do give him absolute credit. Eight, 20 and 3, 8 wins by knockout, 5 wins by submission, 7 first round finishes, and pretty much an 8 pack. Good for him. Um, Good for him. He just came off beating Silva, which I'll get back to in a second. He is currently <laughs> on a 2 fight win streak. Um, 77 takedowns attempted. That is so many. Jesus. So this is actually, I think, one of the few times where we will see wrestling happen whereas i've told you before aj when it comes to brazilian jiu-jitsu versus jiu-jitsu or grappling versus grappling usually striking happens in this case i don't think that's going to be it i think there's going to be a lot of grappling exchanges here i think that's how this is going to go but now if darnish was 225 i would say take him via decision maybe knockout but I think decision do a do a double odds where you do decision sub or division or uh, decision knockout and you'll be solid. Otherwise, there he is. So I was looking at this guy. I was like, wait a minute, Silva. Oh, Silva is now fighting against the other dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's getting is that, he's he's fighting unranked. Damn, he sucks. Trash. Uh, he's fighting Clay. Ah, yeah, Clay's probably good. Anyway. That's all I have. That fight, uh, once again, will be on Saturday, December 2nd at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Watch it when you feel like it. Yeah. All right. Take it away. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, we'll go with the MLB a little bit, too. Um, Baseball. There hasn't been too much um, going on. A lot of it's more rumors. Um, the main pitcher, Yamamoto. Um, no real calling to who's going to get him, but we there, are, there was something that said he would like to have, um, a Japanese teammate on whoever he signs with. Um, so like that called for a lot of Phillies fans to say, Hey, grab Otani. Grab Otani. Yes, so we can get, yeah. Um, also some, uh, things I think that, uh, Trout's going to trade it for, but it's still, uh, unsu- unsubstantiated rumors. Um, and also this just in too. Uh, the Rays are shopping Randy Rosarena, who was uh, a huge portion of like why they were a very, um, very good team off the bat. He was one of the the fan favorites when it was the World Baseball Classic uh, for USA. Uh, not USA, sorry. Um, I forget the exact team he was on. I forget. I'll I'll look that up. But 
the Rays are going to trade him, which is kind of interesting since he was one of the key players, like just on the team. So interesting to see how that goes. But obviously, Phillies fans are like, welcome you future Philly. Um, outside of that, there's really been nothing too crazy going on in baseball. So um, it's just going to be it's going to be a waiting game. Most of the time you won't hear stuff until probably like next year anyway. Um, so that's just what it is. Um, there is though. So there was this linebacker that, um, the Colts let go. He just wasn't getting enough time, but he's a relatively good veteran linebacker. Um, and he visited the Cowboys yesterday and he visited the Eagles today. Um, so right now we're just waiting to see which one he, he chooses. That'll be a huge upgrade for our linebacking core. Um, the main reason is that Cunningham is out with a hamstring and those things linger. So if we get Shaq Leonard, I think that would definitely, um, that would definitely help our, the middle of the field defense. Um, our linebacker play has been terrible and, and a key component on figuring out your linebacker play, um, to be fair, which we've had a lot of injuries with that as well, but it's tight end success. So we're, I think, I don't know if it's fancy points or yards. I mean, regard, I, th- I think it's fantasy. Um, Actually, no, I think it's just in general. We are 32nd in the league covering uh, tight ends. So tight ends have their best games against the Eagles. And realistically, that's because of, you know, just a lot of turnover in the um, in the linebacker core. Nakobe Dean's hurt. Cunningham's hurt. Um, it's all that kind of thing's happening. So getting him would be huge, but we'll see which one he chooses to go with. We'll see if he chooses the uh, the Cowboys or the Eagles. Talking about the Eagles, though, they actually have a chance on clinching. They have a chance on clinching a playoff berth. Do we? Yeah. So either we get a win and a Rams loss or tie, uh, win or Green Bay loss or tie, plus a um, a Detroit loss. Are you talking uh, about for the Dallas game or for the, this weekend? This weekend. It's not. Really? It's not. It's not a first round bye, but we clinch a playoff berth. So no matter oh, what okay. happens, we're already in the playoffs. So oh. we have all, all these scenarios. We have the win, uh, Green Bay loss, L.A. loss, Saints loss, or uh, – huh, that, that is interesting. Oh, so if, so we win if they lose or tie, but if they tie, that, that's an interesting one. But regardless, we, we can get pretty much a playoff berth this, this, uh, this week, but we have a very hard test ahead of us. We are going up against the San Francisco 49ers, who are a very good team, but yes. they talk they they a lot of there's only one thing that I've seen on the internet that brings Eagles and Cowboys fans together, and it's the hatred for the 49ers. Yeah, pretty much. Both, both teams just absolutely I mean, they're just like they're a bunch of crybabies. Debo they Samuel, are. actually, one of the reporters asked him, he said, uh, do you regret calling James Bradbury trash? Because he called him trash over the offseason. Um, he said, no, I don't regret anything. And then um, I think it was uh, – I forget her name, but she's a – I don't, I don't want to mess her name up, but she used to be on um, uh, a football in the morning show, um, and she had Deepo Samuel on, and she was like, so, like, do you want to elaborate on anything with that? Um, the the Bradbury comments and he kind of like doubled down. He's like, no, like I don't really regret anything about that. Although I will say, as much as he is a bitch, he's not a dirty player. 
because she kept kind of being like, you know, this is this is the game. Do you think you'll be like, yo, let me let me uh, come off the edge and like chop block someone or something? So I think, no, that's not that's not how I play. I'm not going to ask them to like throw me the ball. I trust Kyle Shanahan, but like, that's not my play. And I was like, that's the one time I'm going to respect you, Debo. The other times you're bitching, but here I like that you, you know, you, you stand on business and you actually keep um, it's a little bit of integrity, but we have a pretty rough, rough go. So it really comes down to, do we defend the run? That's really what it comes down to because San Francisco has the least amount of pass attempts in the league. Um, they still have the eighth best passing um, offense though. So that's a really big thing, but their main offense runs through Christian McCaffrey. So yeah. big plays are going to happen, especially with a team like San Francisco and the way that our, our uh, defensive backs went playing, especially our linebackers. So it really comes down to containing McCaffrey and making sure that he doesn't have those big, that big game, those big plays. Um, and then letting our offense cook. Um, I think Brian Johnson still needs to figure out, how to get things going in the beginning because towards the end of the game, they just click and everything just kind of starts working. And I think it's because they're not getting too cute with it. Um, they're in the beginning of the game. They're trying to get these screens that is clearly not a screen down. They're trying to trick them. They're trying, he's, he's overthinking things a lot where just let, just, just go after the people that you trust, like throw to AJ Brown, throw to Devonte Smith, start running the ball more with, um, uh, DeAndre Swift. So things like that, I think will help the offense move forward. But um, also how well is, are our linebackers going to hold George Kittle? Cause like I just said, we are 32nd in the league when defending against a tight end. And he's one of the top five, if not top three tight ends in the league currently. So that's a really big issue. And he's going to have a game. I I'm honestly going to bet over props on him and probably a, a touchdown score on him. Because this is, it's just going to happen. Like, not only is he a generational tight end, but our our defense is lackluster in that regard. So, if we do get uh, Shaq Leonard, maybe that changes a little bit, but not too much. So, I think the keys to winning is hold McCaffrey. Understand that there's going to be big plays, like George Kittle is going to have his plays. IU is going to have his plays. But make sure you trust the offense enough to get going in the beginning. Because um, going into the fourth quarter, uh, under Kyle Shanahan's reign, if San Francisco is even down by three going into the fourth quarter, he is one in 31. <laughs> Shit. So that we need to, we can't play from behind like we always do, especially against this team. We got away with it last week. We got away with it in Arrowhead. This is a team that knows how to win and they're starting to understand at, like it's, where the Jets, that was a very shitty game, and they could have came back multiple times that gave that game away. Now we're deep into the season where they know how to win. They know what it's going to take. So now they just need to get that that first piece going, and they should be good. Um, but that doesn't come – so with this whole 49ers game coming up and stuff like that, a lot of announcers and analytics aren't giving the Eagles their due. Um, for instance, ESPN Analytics – my favorite thing because during this whole gauntlet ESPN analytics had the Eagles losing out, losing every single game, even at home games. Um, so Bill, where do you think they out of, out of the top 10, where do you think they placed the Cowboys? Number one. No, number two. Do you know uh, who number one is? Not us. Take a guess. Uh, 
the Chiefs still? I don't know why. No, the Chiefs are actually fifth. Number oh, one is the 49ers. So the 49ers and then the Cowboys. They're uh, ESPN Analytics ranks them. I think this is the FPI. It's 9.6 and 9.4. Where do you think the Eagles are? Eh, like 15th, 16th, 10th. It's top 10. It's top 10. 10. No, we are 7th. Again, ESPN is full of lies and witchcraft. So not only did we beat the Cowboys, we beat the Bills, we beat the Chiefs, and the Dolphins, who are all in front of us. And we're going to face the 49ers. We are also behind them in rankings, which makes no sense to me. I don't know where ESPN analytics gets their stuff, but clearly it's wrong. Because, like, I would get it if it was, like, two out of the four, one out of the four, then I would understand. But we beat all four teams. Chiefs team at Arrowhead, too. So, I don't, I just don't get it. And, um, I don't either. And, uh, there's another, um, here, let me actually, let me see if I can pull this up. There we go. Let me make sure. Uh, all right. No, it's not going to work. Whatever. I'll just, I'll just retweet it. That's going to have, it's going to have to be. Um, so I'll tweet this out too, but it's the NFL past strength of schedule from weeks one through 12. And actually, let me see if I can pull this up this way. I think I can. Bingo, bango. Um, so if you're looking, and this is, this is a tweet towards one of the Niners fans who said they have a more, played a more difficult schedule. You can see, and it, 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 it elaborates a little bit better. Um, based on strength of uh, opponents, based on offense and defense. Um, as you can see, Eagles aren't like too far up, but they're facing good offenses and facing good defenses. And what I noticed when I was looking at that is it's a lot of the underperforming teams too. Like a lot of teams that don't really have a winning record outside of, outside of the Browns and the Jags. So the Browns, Jags, and Eagles are the only people to have winning records in, in that square, facing good offenses and good defenses. You look below, there's only a few teams that are facing bad offenses, but facing good defenses, and that's San Francisco. So what it's telling us is that yeah, San Francisco's facing very good defenses, and to, be, to their credit too, San Francisco's defense is, very, um, is a very good defense, but they're still facing very bad offenses. And as the guy tweeted on the right, opponent offenses. Um, so that's Philly is facing the six of uh, rank six against opponent offenses. San Francisco 29th. They've they faced the 29th best offenses. Um, opponent defenses. San Francisco has actually faced better defenses, not by much, seven and nine. Um, this is just kind of giving a little look at what a lot of people are overlooking. And honestly, this this probably is just turned into a rant about about me just bitching. That's fair. But um, it's a lot of analysts. A lot of analysts keep saying. One of my favorite actually was Nick Wright, who I hate. I don't hate him. I I hate his takes. His takes are always so dumb. So, for instance, he said that Jalen Hurts. The NBA has this new award where it's the most clutch player, and then they also have the most um, valuable player, two completely different awards, which I think is kind of dumb, in my opinion. Um, if you're the most cl clutch player, realistically, you probably should be the most valuable player as well. Um, and that's kind of what Nick Wright was saying, is that 
he deserves the most cl- clutch player, doesn't deserve the most valuable player, which doesn't make sense to me because consistently he shows up for his team. He's the whole reason they're like consistently in these games that they're even they even have a chance to, to make it back. Um, and it's just a lot of analysts aren't really giving him credit, but um, hopefully, see, the more we get into this gauntlet, I, I actually feel less confident because football is a grueling, grueling sport. Um, especially going up against, yeah, we had the bye week, but you went up against the Kansas City Chiefs defense, who are very strong this year. You went up against the Bills, who they were headhunting. Oh uh, my god, that was a heart attack game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, we won. My hero, Jake Elliott, baby, Fucking Jake saved Elliott. everything. Ugh. Um, during that game, though, there was this defensive player. Let me see if I can. Find- yeah. Uh, 97. Um, he, he's the one guy that said the, uh, Eagles fans were threatening his family and everything. That's why, did you see the video of he walked up and like, they were, they pushed one of the fans and stuff like that. Uh, I've heard of it, but I didn't see the video. So he said that the fan was like threatening his life and stuff like that, or not his life, threatening his family and all that kind of stuff, which in a normal scenario should not do that. Like that's that's some bullshit move, but there is video evidence, fan testimonial about how that didn't happen, and he was just completely bullshitting. But the whole game, he was just doing dirty hits. He he dove after Cam Jurgens' uh, knee during one play, um, during the Brudley shove that penalty where like the, the play didn't even happen. He just shoved them all the way back. Like Jason Kelsey actually in, on the radio said that that was bush league NFL needs to find him for that because he was clearly trying to hurt Cam Jurgens. It was just all those things like that. And then he kind of starts going after fans, too. He was yelling at the staff saying, do your effing job. It was just. Uh, it's, it's just it's just funny because. During a game as close as that, you could clearly see that Phillies fans do start getting at the players a little bit. And it showed with the Braves, too, when the Braves came in. I forget I forget who um, his name was, but he was screaming. uh at the fans saying shut up or Kayate and Acuna actually had to grab him and turn him around. So I'm curious to see if we do that with the 49ers. I am yeah. I'm very I'm very curious with that. Um because last year when we when they came for the NFC championship, um Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa I, f- I forget which Bosa they freaking have. One of the Bosa brothers came to support his brother and a lot of fans were just like, you know, Talking Eagles fan smack, and he he was not having it. He was just like, "I'm richer than you." Like that's why you're sad. It's it's it was so funny. So maybe we get back into there. Um, that game's at four twenty five p.m. Um, honestly, for this Sunday, there isn't that many better games outside of maybe um, Kansas City and Green Bay. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about the Kansas City game as well, since we did miss talking about that last week. I'll just briefly go into it. The um, Chiefs versus the Raiders? Uh, no, no, no. The, so the week, week before, where it was uh, oh. in City versus Eagles. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, I do want to go into that. That was also a hard attack of a game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, again, didn't really. The, both both games' offenses did not show up the first half. Um, went in with a 10-point deficit on literally both games. Um, but the defense, who... To be honest, and rightfully so, I've been kind of 
crap talking the uh the defensive backs um they kept us in it and the offense kind of started getting going and i'm i'm just i'm curious i think i'm pretty confident it's the play calling um although with kansas city the first the first half the o-line just was not holding it was not holding like uh chris jones was just absolutely demolishing our o-line and it was it was showing but i think we need to start really relying on the run game a little bit more like i said previously too um during kansas city we gave deandre swift 12 carries he had 76 yards and a touchdown that's 6.33 yards per carry and then last game against buffalo we gave him 14 carries and he got 80 yards and he had a 5.71 yards per carry which is nuts on the year he's 4.78 yards per carry which is crazy and i'm pretty sure give me a second here i am pretty confident he is third for uh yards in the league right now he is let's see yard total that's projections i don't know why it's giving me projections he's fourth okay so he's fourth and he's only getting beat up by josh jacobs by one yard so he's fourth in yards with only 161 carries which is nuts that's that's nuts we need to start utilizing him um that's pretty much i mean we could talk more about the the defense and and all that kind of stuff, but defense. I want to give their coot my their uh, kudos. They were really stepping up these past few weeks. Sean Desai definitely deserves his credit. Brian Johnson needs to figure it out a little bit more. Um, I mean, outside of that, like, do you have any uh, any thoughts on the the game coming up, Bill? It's going to be close, but I actually think the Eagles. We'll pull out a little. I don't think it's going to be a nail biter like last week where it went into overtime. I think, yeah, fourth quarter is still going to be a little stressful, but I think we'll take it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's. I think it's just this gauntlet that's going to give all Eagles fans heart attacks. Yes, My I do cons- want to say. Oh, go ahead. No, you. You first. No, no, I do want to say. I think after last week too, with, with how everybody was playing, I think they all realized, hey, I have a lot to fix but we need to fix it before this game is over. Because you can even see it on J- uh, not Jake, on uh, Hertz and Kelsey's face. They were just miserable. I know they were in the zone still, mm-hmm. but they didn't even celebrate when they made the kick because they knew, okay, this is overtime. We have to fix this now. Yeah. Because Ken- Kelsey had the penalties at the end. Hertz wasn't – like the offensive drives weren't going well. Yeah, Kelsey um, almost screwed us during that game. Yeah, that was not good. And he knows. He knows. So this next game coming up, they know they have to change it, which I think if they get it right, they'll take it easily. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what they do. I completely forgot about that Kelsey thing. Yep. And also, shout out real quick to the Bears. They won a game without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, that's that's that was the greatest defensive shit show of a game that I ever watched. It was so bad. It, it was, was terrible. So so bad. I was watching. It was it so with... bad. I was projected to lose by twenty points, and I faced Josh Dobbs. I faced Dobbs and Hawkinson, and I almost won. It was that bad until the Hawkinson touchdown, which yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah, Josh Dobbs that... had four picks. Four, and I will say, two of them were not his. No, two were straight up on the mm-hmm. wide receiver, just missing or tipping the. It literally went through one yep. one 
Addison literally it went through his hands, and the other the guy literally tipped it up. Yep, volleyballed it. That yeah, that game was hysterical game. because that was a Monday night defensive highlight. Re- At the same time, offensively played like shit. You ready? Yeah. Monday night, if you bet the under, you were correct twelve out of the out of the thirteen times. Damn, that's how bad the Monday night games have been. That's I guess I'll crazy. be crazy. The under is Bengals Jack. Now that actually maybe. Um, and then I just want to do a few things for fantasy football wise. Go for it. Um, waiver wires already passed, so I won't even bore people with with details. Um, but I will say for your the dynasty people. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, and Caleb Williams, they both haven't fully decided they want to declare for the draft yet. Um, but Marvin Harrison Jr.'s draft is reportedly going to be based off of how the rest of the year plays out for Ohio State. He's still open to return to Ohio State for another season, but has made no decision yet at this point. Um, the, their Ohio State QB, Kyle McCord, says he hopes to get to play with Harrison for another season. A lot of people are thinking that He's really just going to see who gets the first round pick. Um, same with Caleb Williams, just to see, like, you know, who they're going to be with, um, if it's a good fit for them. More so Caleb Williams, less so, excuse me, less so Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, South Carolina QB, Spencer Rattler has declared for the draft as well. So that's really big for him. Um, he's been a very highly touted uh, QB. So. Curious to see who gets him. Um, so there was a running back that declared too. He was like a six-two absolute friggin' monster as well. Um, I'll try to find his name while I go through this. Um, but Marvin Harrison Jr. He's one of those. He's one of those wide receiver talents where it's like immediately he'll be a top ten wide receiver in the league. It's not like one of those where like it's the third or fourth round drafts like Tank Dell who just kind of like they're just there like they were um diamonds in the rough marvin harrison jr will be a first rounder and will be an absolute stud um excited to see where he goes a lot of people want him to go to chicago um so kind of played right next to dj moore um which would be really fun and give uh justin fields another weapon i really don't think that they're going to move on from justin fields um i think he's shown enough to them in the organization where using a first round pick on a QB might not look good, especially if Caleb Williams has still has some question marks. Um, but we'll see where that goes. Aaron Rodgers, he is off IR and he's on, uh, he's in the 21 day practice window. Um, so we actually was practicing today through a few um, balls out there. So <laughs> there was one person that made a joke. They were like, um, man, really, really said it was a Achilles um tear when it was actually a high ankle sprain i was like jesus no rest for the wicked um when it comes to fantasy football there's there's a few stats going on um but nothing too crazy i I do want to point out that the miami backfield um raheem Mostert had 41 snaps to jess wilson's 23 but wilson ran 11 routes to Mostert 16 so um, until um, Devin uh, Chain comes back, Wilson's going to be part of that backfield and actually might get more opportunities. Um, Bajon Robinson has hit a 65% running back rush share in week 10. Um, that fell to 47.1% in week 12. But he did actually get a lot more opportunities in week 12, so 
interesting to see what happens there. And the big thing is Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave are banged up. Rashid Shahid, I believe, is a hammy where Chris Olave is in concussion protocol. Those are two big weapons for um, the Saints. Now it's uh, Jawan Johnson, who ended up leading the Saints in routes, and then A.T. Perry was second. Um, outside of that, most of this, one of the one of my favorite things actually. Um, let me actually bring up his stats. So Calvin Ridley was drafted in a lot of fantasy leagues as like the main guy, uh, wide receiver one, and. Every time Zay Jones is not in the lineup, he scores terribly. He'll score like one, three, four point two, five. Zay Jones has been back in the lineup the past two weeks. He scored twenty six point six and nineteen point four. Damn. And fancy points. So, but uh, that's all for me. Um, yep. Again, please, please, please uh, follow us um, at our handle a at AB Sports Media. Um, reach out to us via email, billandajmedia at gmail.com. And as well, if you want to, uh, you know, go watch some YouTube videos, you can reach us. Let me grab the handle, actually. Uh, where's it at? Uh, at AB Sports Media. Uh, starting to upload a little bit more. Um, any of the ones, any of the previous ones that we didn't have videos for, um, we have kind of like a... Um, kind of like an audio-generated one. You'll see what I mean when when you get there. Um, but Bill, anything from you to, to leave them off? Uh, no, there's something going on with the Blackhawks right now, but I think it's mostly mm. speculation. Did you see this where the guy apparently did horrible things with another teammate's mother, but apparently mm-hmm. that is not real? Well, we uh, don't know yet because we don't know. Yeah, you got to wait. So we'll keep an eye on that one as we go. Yeah, be we'll, we'll, we'll tweet out some things and then we'll if more stuff comes out next week we'll talk about it but right yeah. now it's a lot of speculative rumors <laughs> but it's crazy so yeah we'll leave it on a little on a little teaser or a little uh cliffhanger there so my name's aj i'm bill and uh thanks for listening go enjoy some uh, nice hot chocolate on this cold day bye, bye. adios If gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 533-42 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.